Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Today we have a very good question that has come in, and it's so appropriate as we're talking this week about, you know, the Reformation Day. So the question is, what are some things that Christians should know about the Protestant Reformation? Well, the first place that we need to start is talking about what the Protestant Reformation is. And the Protestant Reformation was a 16th century movement. It was fueled by the concern of faithful pastor theologians like Martin Luther and many men before him that the church be grounded in the Word of God. Martin Luther, he confronted, right, the teaching of indulgences because he was concerned about the souls of men, and he made known the truth of the finished and sufficient work of the Lord Jesus, no matter the cost. Men like John Calvin preached multiple times a week from Scripture— and engaged in personal correspondence to pastors throughout the world. With Luther in Germany, uh, Ulrich Zwingli in Switzerland, and John Calvin in Geneva, the Reformation spread throughout the known world. In fact, even before these men were around, men like Peter Walden, who lived from 1140 to 1217, and his followers in the Alpine regions, John Wycliffe, and the Lawlers in England and John Huss and his followers in Bohemia were laboring for Reformation. And so one of the most significant figures in the Reformation was Martin Luther. In fact, in many ways, Martin Luther, with this towering intellect and his over-the-top personality, he helped ignite the Reformation and fueled it into a bonfire under his watch. This nailing of the 95 Thesis to that church door in Wittenberg on October 31st, 1517, provoked a that led to his being excommunicated by a papal bull from the Roman Catholic Church. Luther's study of Scripture led to a confrontation at the Diet of Worms with the Catholic Church. In fact, at the Diet of Worms, he famously said that unless he could be persuaded by plain reason and by the Word of God, he would not budge, and that he would stand on the Word of God because he could do no other. In fact, Luther's study of Scripture, it led him to oppose the church in Rome on many fronts, including focusing on Scripture over church tradition and what the Bible teaches about how sinners can be made righteous in the sight of the Lord by the finished and sufficient work of the Lord Jesus. In fact, Luther's rediscovery of justification by faith alone in Christ alone and his translation of the Bible into German enabled people in his time to study the Word of God themselves. In fact, one other important aspect of Luther's ministry was recapturing the biblical view of the, of the believer's priesthood, showing that all people in all their work have purpose and dignity because they serve God. Some others that follow Luther's brave example include the following. Hugh Latmier, who lived from uh, 1487 to 1555. Martin Bucer, who lived from 1491 to 1551. William Tyndale, who lived from uh, one, uh, 1491 
1596. Philip Melanchthon, who lived from 1497 to 1560. John Rogers, who lived from 1500 to 1555. Henrik Bollinger, who lived from 1504 to 1575. All of these and many others, they were committed to Scripture and to sovereign grace. Now, another uh, important thing to say is in 15. Uh, 43, another prominent figure in the Reformation, Martin Bucer, asked John Calvin to write a defense of the Reformation to Emperor Charles uh, at, at the Imperial Diet set to meet at Spire in 1544. Bucer knew that, that King uh, that Charles was surrounded by counselors who opposed Reformation in the church and believed that Calvin was the most capable defender of the Reformation, uh, had to defend the Protestants. So Calvin rose to the challenge by writing his brilliant work, The Necessity of Reforming the Church. And while Calvin's argument did not convince Charles, the necessity of reforming the church came to be regarded as the best presentation of Reformed Protestant of theology ever written. One other critical person in the Reformation was Johann Gutenberg, who invented the printing press in 1454. The printing press enabled the reformers' ideas to spread rapidly, bringing along with them a renewal in the Bible and all that Scripture teaches. Now, the distinguishing marks of the Protestant Reformation is in the five slogans known as the solas, sola scriptura, scripture alone, solus Christus, Christ alone, sola gratia, grace alone, sola fide, faith alone, sola deo gloria, the glory of God alone. And one of the main reasons the Protestant Reformation occurred was the abuse of spiritual authority. One of the most critical of authority the church has is the Lord and his written revelation in scripture. If anyone wants to hear God speak, they must read the word of God. And if they're going to hear him audibly, then they must read the word out loud. And so the central issue of the reformation was that the uh, that of the authority of the Lord and of his word. And so when the reformers pro- proclaimed scripture alone, they expressed a commitment to the authority of scripture as a reliable, sufficient and trustworthy word of God. And so the Reformation was a crisis over which authority, uh, what, what place authority should have priority, the church or scripture. Now, Protestants are not against church history. This helps Christians understand their faith's roots. Instead, what Protestants mean by sola scriptura is that we are first and foremost committed to the word of God and to all of it teaches because we are convinced it is the reliable, sufficient, trustworthy, and binding word of God. With scripture as our foundation, Christians can learn from the church fathers as Calvin and Luther did. But you see, Protestants do not place the church fathers, or church tradition above the word of God. In fact, at stake in the Reformation was this central issue of who's authoritative, the Pope, the church's tradition, or the church's council, personal feelings, or scripture alone. In fact, Rome claimed the church's authority lay with the scripture and tradition at the same level. And so this made scripture and the Pope at the same level as scripture and church councils. The Protestant Reformation sought to change this, to change these convictions by placing authority with the word of God alone. And so a commitment to scripture alone, it leads to a rediscovery of the doctrine of grace because any return to scripture leads to the teaching of God's sovereignty in his grace.
Now, the church is always in need of reformation around the word of God. Even in the New Testament, Bible readers discovered Jesus rebuking Peter and and Paul correcting the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians. Since we are, as Martin Luther said at the same time, both saints and sinners, and the church is full of people, the church is always in need of reformation around the word of God. In fact, undergirding what's often missed about the five solas, undergirding the five solas, is a Latin phrase, Ecclesia Semper Reformation, Reformanda Est, which means the church is always to be reforming. And now the Word of God not only stands individually over the people of God, but also collectively too. The church must not only preach the Word of God, but always be listening to the Word of God. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The reformers came to the conclusions they did, not only through the study of the church fathers, which they had extensive knowledge of, but by studying the word of God. The church during the Reformation, like today, it needs reformation, but it should always be reforming itself around the word of God. Dr. Michael Horton is right as he explains the need not only to hear the word of God individually as people, but collectively as a whole when he says personally and corporately. The church comes into being and is kept alive by hearing the gospel. The church is always on the receiving end of God's good gifts, as well as his correction. The spirit does not lead us apart from the word of God, but directs us back to Christ as he's revealed in scripture. We always need to return to the voice of our shepherd, the same gospel that creates the church, sustains, and renews it. Uh, Dr. Horton says, Ecclesia Semper Reformanda S, rather than being restrictive, actually provides a foundation for the five solas to stand on. So the church exists because of Christ, is in Christ, and is for the spread of the glory of Christ, as Dr. Horton further says. And so when we invoke the phrase, the church reformed and always being reformed according to the word of God, we confess that we belong to the church and not simply to ourselves and that this church is always created and renewed by the word of God rather than by the spirit of the age. So what are some things, uh, here's four brief things that you should know as a Christian about the Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformation is a renewal movement to reform the church to the word of God. Second, the Protestant Reformation sought to restore scripture to the church and the primary place of the gospel in the local church's life. Third, the Reformation involved a rediscovery of the Holy Spirit. John John Calvin, for example, is known as the theologian of the Holy Spirit. Fourth, the Reformation makes the people of God small in the person and work of the Lord Jesus big. Augustine once said, describing the Christian life, is one of humility, humility, humility. And John Calvin echoed that statement. Now, the five solars are, are not unimportant to the, to the church's life and health, but, but they instead provide a robust and genuinely evangelical faith and practice. Now, on, on October 31st, 2021, Protestant Seminary, the work of the Lord in the life and ministry of the Reformers. May you be stirred by the example of the men and the women who have gone before you. See, these were men and women who love the Word of God. They love the people of God, and they long to see renewal in the church for the glory of God. So may their example and teaching encourage you today as a Christian to proclaim the glory of the grace of God to all people people for his glory from the word of God. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.
Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.